live from Tel Aviv, two nice Jewish boys. Hi, I'm Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Noor Menninger. It's become a cliche by now, but we've all heard the claim that the mainstream media has been cornered by the left wing. Living in Israel, especially in Tel Aviv, it often feels as if there's a scarcity of intelligent right-wing voices in the popular media. But one former animator, current scriptwriter, political analyst, stands as an island, a bastion, a towering steeple... Okay, we'll calm down. <laughs> Beside for being the production designer for the 2009 MTV show DJ and the Fro, Roi Idan writes a political column political column for NRG, one of Israel's leading news outlets. He's written for Israeli film and television as well, and interestingly enough, for several political campaigns, including that of the Likud party in 2015. Roy Dan most likely describes himself as a right-winger. He supports a return to classical liberal economics, if I'm not mistaken. But what does conservative, being a conservative in Israel, mean to him? No, and I racked our brains thinking of who could best answer that question, and you guessed it, we brought Roy Dunn to do so. This podcast is made in cooperation with the Jewish Journal, www.jewishjournal.com. Also in cooperation with Secret Tel Aviv, Israel's largest online social network community in English. Just look for the group on Facebook or visit them at secrettelaviv.com. Subscribe to Two Nice Jewish Boys on iTunes. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to rate us. And of course, we want to hear your feedback. So let us know what you think in the comments or send us a message on Facebook. So how are you? Hello, Ari. I'm fine. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining us. No so what, what does it mean to you to be a conservative right-wing I'll person explain. in Israel? In Tel Aviv. I'll explain. In Tel Aviv. Um, first of all, uh, the word conservative mm -hmm. is um, a little bit out of place, I think, because um, people keep forgetting that the right, um, similarly, just as, just, as much as, as, just as much as the left is, the right is a holistic you know, spectrum of, of ideology. Really? And it has a conservative side and it has a liberal side or libertarian side. Mm -hmm. I'm more on the libertarian, um, you know, side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm not a very conservative person. I don't support conservatism mm -hmm. in any way. Um, and I think that in Israel specifically, conservatism is left-wing. Yeah. Because the, um, you know, the status quo is um, is socialist or social yeah. democratic. Um, so it does seem because it does seem kind of arbitrary because it's like this pendulum that swings. You know what's what was once liberalism is now conservative and yeah, left wing and right wing. Liberals it's like, are not really liberal. And yeah, they're progressive. So let's get down yeah. to to the brass tacks, I guess. Mm -hmm. What let's talk, I guess you know economic ideologies, mm -hmm. philosophies and. As far as ec economics go, what what is? I think the main the main difference is is, is as far is, is the economic economic end of it, mm -hmm. and it's um and here I think conservatives and libertarians are kind of on the same page, um, because the idea is you know smaller government, less taxes, less um, involvement of the government in the market, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, there's some very basic, you know, classical liberal um, principles that need to be existent for um, in order for a right-wing economic climate 
mm-hmm. to uh, to happen. Um, and uh, of course, Israel is just an example of of rampant socialism. Yeah, for, is it? Yeah, definitely. how so? For sure. It's it's you know it's not just I'm I'm not just saying that you know it's there's several you know accredited and well renowned um, you know economic indexes that place Israel far you know in the spectrum of countries that are not as free as they're supposed to be especially Western countries and democracies and um, so Israel is still a very heavily you know the government operates ports it operates trains it operates the electric company. Um, not to healthcare. mention the regulation, healthcare. Mm-hmm. Healthcare is actually an interesting thing about okay. Israel because it's one of the very few places in the world, I think, where government-run healthcare sort of works. Although, sort of. Although, yeah. in this chair, we had um, Yaron Brook, who is the mm-hmm. CEO or, or, or chairman of the Ayn Rand Foundation. Yeah. And he claimed... that actually uh, the health system here sucks and the United States health system is much better. And his and, father was a doctor here. And his father is a doctor here is in Haifa. Mm-hmm. And his, he says that because he, he claims, for example, that he, if he needs an um, MRI scan, mm-hmm. he gets it immediately. Whereas here, it takes a huge amount of time. And let's not forget that our... Facebook and Twitter accounts are full mm-hmm. of people complaining about the situation in the in yeah, the hospital but I don't think that you can really when you look at the kind of like you know the lower level of things you know the, the basic what well the truth is that what we have here is kind of like a mixture there's you know the government run hospitals and but there's also the HMOs which are kind of government and semi-private and there's also private medical insurance. So I don't think that people um, who can afford it wait for MRIs that long. The problem here is different. The problem here is that since the government are all, 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 since the government runs all of the hospitals, basically, all of, like emergency, all of the emergency wards, all of them, you know, um, you can't um, you know, electively decide to go uh, if you're, you know you feel sick and you need to go to the hospital, like most people. I mean a lot of people would say well I'd, I'd pay you know the extra money to go to a private and go to a private emergency room but uh, there's no private emergency room so people end up all in the government hospitals mm-hmm. and uh, it affects the people who have the money and the people who don't have the money as well because the people who have the money just you know take up their spaces and um, mm-hmm. their beds so um, but I think in general since since I've been around, Uh, I think healthcare in Israel is pretty good okay um, so but you know you have the government running like yeah. you said the um, the trains the ports mm-hmm. what's the problem with that um, it's just terrible uh, <laughs> you know, first of all uh, they don't always operate according to economic um, you know they're, they're not as efficient as they could be Okay. Um, that's an understatement especially yeah <laughs> why the, the trains always show up on time well no, kind of on some <laughs> on some time there's on the train yeah. website there are statistics yeah where it says that 95 it's live statistics mm-hmm. it's updated live and it says that 95 uh, accuracy rate or something like that no the problem is that the live <laughs> updates of the statistics yeah. are late <laughs> so you don't get them at the right time yeah but it's also it's also the um, the cost of the taxpayer you know Mm-hmm. Um, the way 
things are set up here. Um, even let's say the buses, the buses are all, all you know, Egged and Don. These are all private companies, private mm-hmm. corporations and co-ops. Owned, owned by, partly by the government no, still. Not completely pri- private or co-op. Okay. They're not owned by the government at all. They're subsidized by the government. Okay. Uh, they're subsidized by the government and the government, impo- the government imposes uh, certain um, regulations on them as far as uh, how much they can charge. As far as the 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 kind of lines they need to maintain places that maybe are not you know economically it's not economically viable to um to have a to have a bus a bus line um and it's just the cost the cost of the taxpayer you know the effects on uh, on productivity and um you know and the overall productivity of uh, the israeli economy Uh, huge public sector huge huge public sector and very um, expensive public sector very expensive to maintain um, just is that Shiro. is that yeah. MDMA <laughs> no it is just squatter for you oh, okay um, very expensive to maintain and uh, because the uh, average wages in the uh, pro- in the public sector are very very high in Israel they're much higher than the average wages in the private sector mm-hmm And uh, then, you know, the pensions, the, the, I can just go yeah. on and on. And just the cost is, is staggering. And uh, I think it really hinders Israel from really, you know, Israel's economy is doing the macro, you know, it's doing pretty good. Yeah, you I, look at the numbers. And- yeah, but, but you know, look at, look at South Korea. I mean, by comparison, both countries started, you know, around the same time. Mm-hmm. South Korea is also, you know, it's, 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 it even started in a, in a lower kind of, place then israel started out with just as much problems you know around they in the also neighborhood. have crazy neighbors they have crazy neighbors and they have neighbors that are way more powerful than our neighbors uh-huh uh and still they managed to uh make the transition in the 80s into uh, the full democracy and full you know free, free market, market ca- yeah. capitalism and you know you go there it's like going to the future So are we, I mean, is it, because Israel started as like a socialist, uh, uh, you know, it was kind of jump-started as a socialist. I mean, a lot of people say that that was necessary to... Yeah, maybe, I, I think personally that if it hadn't, hadn't have started that way, it wouldn't have been, you know, able to, we wouldn't have been able to... So, but are we, yeah. are we kind of helplessly doomed? You know what I mean? Because it's like we, we got our fix of socialism, even <laughs> communism, and it's like now we can't get off of it. Listen, socialism, look at China. You know, socialism perhaps saved China at a certain point in China's history from mm-hmm. widespread famine and from, you know, but it, at a certain point in every, some countries have need socialism in order to uh, overcome hardship. But at some point, al- almost always, socialism has to be set aside and um supplanted with uh yeah but so i i think with us in israel it's it's changing okay it's it's um the vector is is, is good i think uh yeah you're off you're not optimist. i'm optimistic yeah uh because th- i think it's it's the change is good it's very very slow it's way too slow Uh, but I think the, the general direction in which uh, things are going is, is good. Where do you see these, these, this uh, indication? Like in what sectors? You can see that they're starting to very, you know, agonizingly slow. Uh, but it's, they're still doing it privatizing or at least getting ready to privatize certain 
aspects of uh, the public inf- infrastructure, the okay. ports, uh, the electricity. You know, 40% of the electricity in Israel uh-huh. is now manufactured by private... Um, Oh, really? Private uh, power But plants. if you have a, a private home and you want to put solar panels on your roof, they will yeah. give you... That you yeah, you but, better... But, it's, but, but the big picture yeah. is that things are changing for the better, if you consider that something, you know, if you consider that change a good thing. Yeah. Uh, and yet our minister of, of economy, uh, mm-hmm. of finance, is lottering, doing a lottery for apartments... Uh, subsidized by the states in the same breath yeah so. but he still lowered taxes right I don't think he's handling the, um, the whole real estate thing very well but um, how does real estate work here in Israel it's very simple the government owns all the land <laughs> the government owns no it's it's, a f- it's 90- not funny it's not funny that's what happens the government owns all the land the government owns all of the um, owns the government does all the planning all the zoning mm-hmm. um, the government uh, keeps a very non-competitive marketplace as far as uh, b- you know building materials go and stuff like that there's a few mono- you know um, monopolies monopolies uh, in those areas mm-hmm. um, and the government uh, is very 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 stingy on uh, the land that it releases for uh, residential construction because the whole uh, of Israel's economy I think is kind of hinged on um, on housing prices prices are continuing to rise the government as a policy is working constantly to increase demand not increase supply or even kind of like maintain supply at the same level and cr- okay. increase demand thus causing you know rising prices Why is that? without ever increasing supply so it's they're not increasing supply they're not isn't that gonna like explode isn't that they're not like... buying, well they're building they're like since um bb has been in power they've um kind of been building more because mm-hmm. in the kadima government in 19 in 2008 um, then Interior Minister um, Mayor Shitrit, okay, that, that guy's a genius. Uh, this, uh, uh, halted all planning and zoning for res- for uh, residential construction in the center of Israel because he wanted he wanted the, the population to spread. Okay, you know, he wanted people to move to um, I don't know south and north, to the south and north, to the West Bank, uh, central planning. Okay. Um, and since uh, the Likud has been in power. It's it kind of changed, you know, the building a little bit. But you need to build in order to really address the demand here in a way that will significantly decrease um, prices. You really need to build, you know. Yeah, I mean, now it takes like ten to thir- to twelve years to sixteen years to build a neighborhood. So that's ridiculous. Yeah, Israel is like in, as far as um, regulations on construction on on uh, you know. Uh, permits for housing and uh, yeah israel's like you know last <laughs> yeah it's not even in the it's, it doesn't even rank with with you know modern economies it ranks with you know like zimbabwe or something oh is so it safe to say that that whole um housing prices thing mm-hmm. has to do with the fact that taxation on houses um benefit is beneficial to the government the government the government collects um i may 
if I remember that number, I think it collects around a billion shekels a month from uh, from um, taxing um, just new apartments, right? Just taxing new apartments, yes. property tax, and property that. tax. Uh, Israel, you're taxed three times uh, yeah, for you're th- three, um, five, maybe. Yeah, um, and also. Uh, keep in mind that still a majority of Israeli uh, Israelis own their own apartment. Mm-hmm. So it is in the interest of the general public that property prices uh, keep uh, going up. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, many uh, you know pension funds and uh, investment houses and investment banks are invested in, in the real estate. Too much uh, interest. So it's the general interest of the government, the financial sector, and perhaps most of the citizens in Israel <laughs> is that um, uh, you know housing prices keep going up. Yeah. So well, they, so the government is working to um, make sure that that happens. So the government's interest is in taxation. Yeah. The, the taxation and of course in the rule of the bureaucrat. Okay. You know the government will never do something that will. Uh, Um, cause it to uh, relinquish power or okay. decrease the number of employees it feeds I see that are that are suck suckling on its teeth <laughs> so to speak you love the government yeah. <laughs> okay the so the government, teat of the, the, government. <laughs> the government wants the money from the taxation the house owners mm-hmm. want the prices to go up because then they mm-hmm. have more valuable yeah. um, because it's a and you know keep the interest rate in Israel is you know zero all uh, over the world the yeah but in israel's israel's just the same even probably worse um the stock market uh is heavily taxed and regulated mm-hmm. um they're basically telling you take your money whatever money you have and invest it in real estate that's the only thing that you can the only way you can create a wealth for yourself uh-huh i know uh, you know passive um Passive, to passively increase your 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 capital yeah makes the money out of your is money. with real estate yeah that's the yeah. only thing they're they're funneling it all towards uh, and the housing market because the economic situation here is good and uh, the middle class has money mm-hmm. to invest a lot of money I and, think and keep in mind the population here is growing which is something that most yeah. um, Western democracies uh, it's a uh, Both a burden and an advantage that they don't have and uh, one other trivia if we're already talking about it, one of the biggest winners I think uh, of this whole housing thing uh, guys tourists who come to Tel Aviv in case you don't know is the city of Tel Aviv which has become a billionaire because they own properties throughout the city and in the past 10 years their properties are, are worth uh, mm-hmm. they they How do you say it? Quadruple? Quadruple and even yeah, but, more. But keep in mind that the municipalities in Israel are never, and especially the one in Tel Aviv, I think, they're never interested in having um, too much residential real estate. They yes. Don't, they don't want residents because res- residents cost money. Yeah. They want office buildings. They want stores. They want malls. They want that sort of thing. And I'm wondering, Roi... Um, yes about the <laughs> protests of 2011 yeah because they were about housing yeah uh, did you take part in those protests oh definitely wait they you weren't did. about Very cottage cheese <laughs> they were about and the milky. cost of living and uh, pudding 
chocolate pudding. The general dissatisfaction of uh, of a certain uh, of a certain age group from its um, uh, you know financial standings. So you so did you, take part. Yeah, for very enthusiastically. Really? Because that's yeah. kind of shocking. Because yes. <laughs> no? uh, it was, I mean, oh, th- we have to say, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the reason it's shocking to me is the makeup, what seemed, you know, mm-hmm. to be the makeup of the majority of the people there were, or at least, I mean, maybe that's just the impression you get because mm-hmm. of the leaders and the, the you know, the mouthpieces, mm-hmm. but was very liberal in the modern sense, meaning left wing, was very left leaning. Keep in was, mind who yeah. capitalized in a big way politically uh-huh. from that protest. Who was the big winner of the 1913, of the 2013 uh, election? Tell me. Yair Lapid. Okay. So it's definitely not necessarily, you know. Who is mm-hmm. the center. Who is like the um, center kind of. Figure. He's the Macron, they say now. The yeah. Macron of Israel. Well, I hope for, God, I hope for, for French, for the sake of French people <laughs> that um, Macron is better. But the But, leaders there were, you know, you had Daphne Leaf, you had Stav Shafir, who's now Daphne never Daphne Leaf, I don't think she was ever very politically, um, you know, she didn't have a strong political uh-huh. orientation. But yeah, it was hijacked for sure by um, the Labor Party, the Stadrut, uh, you know, the Labor yeah. Unions. Uh, but I think, the, you know, the, the, the voice of the people uh, wasn't necessarily, because I think most of the problems they addressed are a result of... socialism or socialist mm-hmm. um, um, you know socialist um, policy but they demanded social justice which is a socialist they, I demand social justice as well I just think so that, explain this please because yeah, it want, isn't want, contradictory they demanded social welfare no they demanded social justice people demand social justice there are different ways to achieve social justice okay you know Stalin also demanded social justice <laughs> that's yeah, what I'm saying yeah. and uh, Pol Pot um, oh, you know the problems in Israel is as a, a, a marketplace that is not competitive enough too many interest groups that are um, you know connected to the government and and uh, can you know mooch off the general public uh, uninterrupted and um, and uh, you know, taxes that are not that are v- not very high or even quite low but are distributed in a very very unfair manner um, so the 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 protests themselves you're saying were hijacked by they were hijacked in the political sense you know they weren't You know the people themselves weren't hijacked but. well yeah no I know <laughs> but, but, but they were hijacked but you're saying I mean like what what is gonna take you know how, how how come they weren't hijacked by the right people is what I'm saying and how do we get Because that the right you know, wing in Israel is um, national socialist okay the right wing in Israel usual La Pen style no just stupid style <laughs> uh, you don't really see you know the change that they are in kind of um, you know promoting uh-huh the, towards the right wing economic kind of the, the pendulum swings to the right is very very Moderate. very minimal very kind of slow how do you explain not, that because they're conservatives mm, it all and goes back like, to our intro <laughs> and they don't like change I don't think that BB is a person that likes change that happens. He seems pretty flexible to me. 
Uh, like physically. Physically, <laughs> perhaps physically. <laughs> no, but um, you know, he doesn't like to change things up too much. He doesn't like to get you know to, to he doesn't like to get into kind of you know, he tries to keep it okay with the you know the religious people with the, you know the unions. He's know. doing uh, disaster control, damage control all yeah, the time. He's kind of he's kind of pushing it to the right direction, but in a very very kind of Yeah. So you, I mean, it's funny because we're talking about, you know, uh, domestic issues and you seem, I mean, it sounds, I'm sorry, but it sounds like kind of like a bleak outlook. (laughs) But when you go abroad Mm -hmm. and you have these viral videos going on online, it seems like you're very defensive of Israel and, you know, our existence and our, as a, a, you know, freedom loving country that promotes uh, civil rights and um, yeah, obviously, I, I see Israel as a, as a miracle, mm-hmm. and um, I see um, kind of like the anti-Zionist, uh, anti-Semitic even um, aspect of some of the criticism that uh, people and organizations and, and countries have towards Israel mm-hmm. as something very harmful and something that has to be... Um, opposed in a very strong manner mm-hmm. and um you feel that there's some kind of wave of uh anti-semitism in europe that's because yeah you know the interesting thing is the jews uh-huh. um in the states i just read about canada it's the same thing in canada and and in europe are the ethnic group that is most uh prone to uh, hate crimes and uh, racially motivated attacks and religiously motivated. They're well, like by far, by far, by far, by far the most, uh, you know, persecuted against group, mm-hmm. ethnic group more in the West. More than blacks. M- far more than blacks, far more than Muslims. That is relative to their percentile in yeah. the population. Ah, okay. Like in, in the States, it's just ridiculous. It's like the Jews are like, you know, 38% more prone to, uh, oh, wow. you know... Uh, but I thought pers- Americans love Jews. They love Jews, but it's, first of all, you know, a lot of the, let's, let's be, you know, let's be frank. Uh, a lot of the um, anti-Semitism and, um, is, is from, originates from Muslim uh, sources. Com- sources, yeah, rather than the classic, you know, white anti-Semitism, white supremacy uh, of, of yore. And... Um, it's uh i don't think it's gonna get better in any way mm-hmm. uh, no i mean i i grew up in the south i never experienced the south of in the, the south States. of oh, I france lived, I, <laughs> no, I, I lived in the south i lived in savannah georgia ah yeah i grew mm-hmm. up in uh, birmingham alabama oh, and that's then, nice and then high school in atlanta <laughs> yeah no they chased nice. me out with pitchforks really <laughs> not really no, I I were they it. muslims I loved, or uh, i loved it there yeah, yeah. No, Savannah's beautiful. Savannah, it's... host the city of the South. Yeah, <laughs> you do look like a cowboy a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's not a Savannah. Is it's that's the low country. There's oh, no cowboys there. I see. Only, it's the more aristocratic. Only Savannah's. alligator. Only gator rapists. <laughs> oh God, <Yeah. laughs> that's not a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to get involved with a gator rapist. <laughs> no, you know if if someone rapes a gator. <laughs> You know, that guy, you don't, you, don't, you don't want to screw with that guy. Can, it's like the dodgeball uh, thing. If you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. If he can rape a gator, yeah. he can rape you. He can rape everyone. <laughs> he can rape a car. Why did you do, <laughs> why did you do there? 
uh, I got my master's in animation. Oh, wow. so they do, they rape huge, gators and they do animation. That's they have, like they have uh, <laughs> hilariously enough. They have the the largest um, art school in America is in Savannah, Georgia. Oh, yeah. It's called the Savannah College of Art and Design. <laughs> Um, it has a branch in Atlanta and a branch in Hong Kong, I think. Their motto is, we do art. Yeah, we do art. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. that. How was it? You were there for, what, two years? Uh, yeah, kind of. It was less, but yeah. And how, what was your impression of the I song? I loved it. I loved it. it I loved, there, it. I loved yeah. the people. I loved living there. Yeah. I loved the food. Yeah, they they might be racist bigots, but they have like a love of life. That they have you a don't. love of life, and they have a very kind of um, it's easy to get along with them. Yeah, but there is a you know, for me, I I, I spent a lot of time in the states as a as a kid, and you know, I, but I've never been to the south before I moved there, mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's a bit of a culture shock to you know, why? Because some uh, some areas of uh, the south are, you know third world yeah level crap you know it's, yeah it's i don't know explain please um you know some what did of, you see you see a lot of poverty abject poverty like in a you know um uh, people who live you know steal electricity from the grids who have never seen a doctor in their life mm-hmm. it's um I, africa I, africa I worked in. Um, it's hard to to imagine. I worked yeah. in a in a in a Atlanta. That's a scary city. That, yeah, there's a couple of scary neighborhoods in that city. There are there yeah. are. In Birmingham, I worked though in a uh, some factory or something, some high school job, and I was working with this metal welder, mm-hmm. and he had no teeth. And I was I was like, this is the 21st century, man. Like, yeah. you should have teeth, but it was just unnecessary. Like, he didn't need teeth. Maybe he couldn't own- afford them. Oh. Or I don't, you know, when you only eat grits, you, <laughs> you know, he doesn't need teeth to eat grits. But yeah. did you experience Plus the barbecue ribs? It falls off the bone. <laughs> exactly, yeah. it's like you butter. Know. It's like <laughs> butter off the yeah. bone. But uh, the collard greens, you can just slurp them right in. Like yeah. me some fried okra. Mm-hmm. Fried okra is a little bit tricky if you don't have your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but you can if you just let it slip. The down. Refried beans, the refried beans, the uh, yeah. You know, the pulled pork. The, the pulled fry. pork can just munch on the pulled mm. pork with your gums. Yeah. <laughs> As such. Uh, but here I thought, and now I'm just throwing you the ball, mm-hmm. that Obama were to fix those problems mm-hmm. in the States and to take care of the the weak and the poor. and. The reality is that a politician in um in a western democracy free free western democracy with a free market can really do very little to uh improve life for people in a grand scale he can make the opportunities available for the individual to improve his his own situation but it's very difficult. That's what just what we said about about so you know how countries need socialism. For it's very very difficult in a in a in a situation of, of freedom and democracy to take a group of people and to radically transform their situation in life from above. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You so, can you can make things easier for them. You can have you know create more opportunities for them. 
but it's very, very difficult to radically transform. Yeah, you can give people a platform to do whatever they want, yeah. but some people are going to choose to just sit down and yeah, not plus, do anything. Plus, when you maintain a, um, you know, a policy of uh, keeping some groups in in your in your population addicted to welfare and to a welfare economy mm-hmm. um you're really not not doing it in many favors in my mind but bernie would say mm-hmm. <laughs> bernie would say help me out what would bernie say to that bernie bernie would say that um the the reach in the states got to reach and mm-hmm. that um uh, maybe you can Do something about that, take a little bit from them, tax them, and invest in those mm-hmm. because those areas you described were neglected. Let's be frank about it. They were neglected by the states, by the United States uh, governments and this and maybe the governments of it's, the it's what of you're the thinking actual about states. in Israeli in Israeli in Israeli terms. Okay. What do you mean neglected by the government? Those are places that that is Albuquerque neglected by the government? I don't know. Is I don't know Seattle neglected by the government for, for example violence and gun violence mm-hmm. in those places and drug violence mm-hmm. uh, are uh, they're everywhere there so the government But they're everywhere in in Chicago yes so But in Chicago you have certain Chicago neighborhoods neglected by the government certain neighborhoods are in Chicago neglected no where violence I don't necessarily no think law. it's because ne- I think I mean I think well you correct me if you that neglect is what you you would say the government should do we should leave everybody alone and let them do but maybe no, the- you should you know you should leave everybody alone but you do the the government the obligation when maybe the only true obligation of the government mm-hmm. uh, is to provide safety law and order yeah and due process yeah So, so that I think is where maybe yeah. the issue is is that it's not neglect but maybe there there is actually have been over attention to certain places in that like the or, or a misled law and order where yeah. you know listen the welfare the the civil rights movement of the 1960s and mm-hmm. 70s and and which of course was a, was a great thing had um, had a um, side effect of which was um, an overdependency in urban communities on on welfare mm-hmm. instead of uh, self-sufficiency mm-hmm. and um, the addiction to welfare uh, destroyed the the black urban community mm-hmm. uh, the black urban family the black urban com- you know uh, culture the way of life that was in place and Maybe they were disenfranchised and they didn't have all their rights and uh, all their equality mm-hmm. but they had a community and they had a you know um, family structure and they had you values know, they, they had values and they had and and what what welfare just kind of I don't I, I, I'm not even you know I'm no expert but it really you know tore it to It's not it's not just welfare it's, those processes are so uh, complex of it's not just welfare yeah it's um, you know the collapse of American industry also um, but it's kind of like the same kind of thing because it was all kind of uh, the shift towards slight socialism in America with the unions you know mm-hmm. and um, Which also started off you know you know uh, May Day started in the states mm-hmm. I mean it was a 
you know, people lived in horrible conditions and worked in hor- under horrible circumstances uh, in, in the United States and, and died in fires and accidents and, and yeah. you know, were paid very little. So uh, something good happened. People started forming unions and demanded, you know, better um, working conditions and everything. But, but these things always tend to uh, or sometimes tend to uh, um, develop in unexpected uh, trajectories. Mm-hmm. Um. I- But if we go back to Obama, yeah, because you know you wrote so there's no few- going back to Obama <laughs> it's no, over gone. Just no. wait Obama's <laughs> gone Obama he's gone Obama Barack is gone, but Obama Michelle might be oh, yeah might um be but 20, anyway, 20. um you wrote you wrote so fiercely against him mm-hmm. I read an article in which you said you were calling him anti-semitic mm-hmm. and calling uh the media. Uh, this uh, in the United States mm-hmm. uh, the armed forced forces the armed forces division mm-hmm. of the Jewish left-wingers mm-hmm. and I found it very provocative and maybe it's a chance to explain why is it that Obama is perceived here in Israel as such an anti-Semite where in fact he uh, provided so much funds uh, to help us and he pushed away the Iranian threat and And he didn't push away the Iranian threat he he Obama pushed it aside for Obama went into power with the uh, with the with the the his mission was to uh, get the US out of the Middle East out of Afghanistan out of Iraq and uh, what he saw I think in his uh, I read I'm pretty sure that this is kind of like this was the idea was that um, well I I'm going to leave a vacuum behind who's going to fill who's going to fill fill in for you know the United States and I think he uh, very accurately identified Iran as the one power that can you know come in and uh, you know take over Iraq and um, mm-hmm. and for that pers- purpose of uh, that change of the gu- changing of the guards I'm, I'm talking pre uh, pre Syria of course pre For the war in Syria, which kind of complicated everything uh, f- in, for, in order to achieve that changing of the guard, um, he was ready to give them their nuclear deal by all means necessary, and uh, by doing that he cowed to an anti-Semitic genocidal regime. Um, he completely um, you know misled uh, with through using you know he, he used the media in order to do that that's you know that's you know Ben Rhodes already discussed that it in length and it's been publicized that he used the media as a sounding board in order to mislead the entire world about the nature of the negotiations with Iran about when they started they mm-hmm. started well in the days of Ahmadinejad yeah didn't have anything to do with uh, the election of the moderates in Iran as as they presented it to the world and um he was willing to swallow all that in order to um um in order to get his way and uh in uh operation defensive shield and tsukaitan is a defensive shield right protective edge protective yeah. edge whatever <laughs> uh i think the demeanor of the of the american um the american government was horrible uh when they halted the flights And they uh, exerted a lot of pressure on Israel on behalf of Hamas. They were basically working for Hamas, which is an Iranian 
proxy. Yeah. How how do you mean and that they were basically they were for they were stressing for those ceasefires and for those you know restraint and blah 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 and that secure that big security deal of billions billions of dollars. I don't think I'm not in the um, I'm not under the impression that that's a good thing for Israel and for Israel's security. So you oppose the American aid to Israel. I oppose the American security aid to Israel vehemently. Why? Uh, Without it, we wouldn't have had the arrow mass missiles. That's not true. They funded 30% of the Iron Dome project. We could have done it without them. Why? Because it gives them the opportunity for them to say, first we've done something? First of all, I something. think it hinders. First of all, I think it hinders. It may, first of all, it makes our army fat and stupid. Because they know that... Like they, an American. Sorry. No, no. I don't think Americans are fat and stupid. I love Americans. I love America. A lot of them I are just, fat. <laughs> Yeah, a well, a lot stupid. of I know, I know, but uh, <laughs> but I don't think I don't think that we should be uh, taking money from that for them. We're a, con- a well-to-do country. Our government is very, very wealthy thanks to its um, thanks to its real estate uh, taxes and uh, <laughs> etc. And the gas that is coming coming out. Well, that's another. We'll, issue. we'll see about that. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you're saying we don't need their help. We don't need their help. And their help comes with too many strings attached. Huh. And I think we should run a more uh, independent... I, I, I still think that they are our best allies and we should, you know... And we are... And it's not just uh, kind of like... A, it's, not, it's not just... Um, strategic it's alliance. Not, it's, not a, it's not just a strategic alliance. It's a yeah. moral alliance, yeah. you know. It's America. We're kind of on the same page with America. Mm-hmm. We should do we what have Ameri- similar ideologies. Yeah, we have similar ideologies, similar values, and we, we, we need to, you know, and America is a force for, in my mind at least, I know a lot of people don't think that. I think America still is a force for, for good, uh, and we should uh, definitely be their allies and, you know, cooperate mm-hmm. and everything. I don't think that we should be taking their money. I don't think we should be taking their equipment. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just a clever way of... Um, Uh, what about just a clever way for the US government to subsidize uh, you know the arms industry in the states yeah what about taking their Netflix TV shows oh for sure (laughs) wait so you say you still believe that America is a force for good even with a pussy grabbing president oh for sure (laughs) yeah I love that guy yeah we're gonna bleep that out right yeah no but okay Mm -hmm. you love that guy so I I know Mm -hmm. that you love that guy I wanted to press the, um, that button but obama what i'll just go back to the i'll just re i'll just go back okay. to the question uh obama definitely um did some things that were very very shady like what um you know interfering in the elections here um cooperating with ngos and various organizations that uh their intentions towards israel are dubious And, uh, weren't there there were presidents who did worse though yeah like yeah I don't think uh, listen I don't think it was that bad I don't think it was that bad for America either okay um, we're getting somewhere here with our, I um I think he was aligned with the wrong with as far as is as far as foreign policy goes he was terrible uh-huh. as far as Israel goes he was a terrible president mm-hmm. uh, he aligned himself with the word with our worst foreign You know that the you're security that security the, council stuff? council uh, resolution that they passed you know right at before the end? Yeah, yeah you know it would it's a transparent obvious um, yeah. you know uh, power play by him yeah. all those little 
kind of passive aggressive uh, yeah. shticks. That was kind of a big tell at the end. Yeah, but but it was his, obvious. His intentions it was throughout. obvious. Listen, it was obvious. The media ate from the palm of his hand in America. Uh-huh. And the media here, which is which basically uh, what they do most of the time, is just kind of like they uh, take tweets from the American media and translate them into Hebrew, and that's uh-huh. kind of like how they. Yeah, that's their stories. Uh, ate from the palm of his hand. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was no criticism. There was no oversight. There was no nothing. You know, just to sound, yeah. just like Ben Rhodes, it's just a sounding board for his agenda. And um, I think that as far as Israel goes, his agenda was terrible. Yeah, his. I don't think he's personally, um, you know, anti-Semitic or something. I think he's just. You know, he was very, very naive. But you think his policies were anti-Israeli? His policies were anti-Israeli, okay. for sure. But you're happy, so you're happy with the Trump presidency. You're happy with the fact that he won, because that's a rare what a smile. thing that you hear, even from. You guys I feel don't like, see the smile on <laughs> his face. Now. I'm happy with his election. Okay. Um, you're I'm happy. happy. I'm happy. I think his policies. I know a lot of people. Most people don't talk about it, but I think his economic policies are very good. Okay. In the states, and I think they're, you know, he has the numbers to prove to, you know, to show for it. Uh, well, because I mean, they were saying that jobs were growing not as fast in the beginning of his presidency. There was a drop in job growth from yeah, month now, to month. Job growth is. In the, in the states is great and you know the, the figures in america are good you know the stock market is booming so you know it's something uh-huh. good is happening there and i think i think the way he's kind of trying to um he's trying I'm, i'm not a fan of his protectionism okay and that whole discourse about tariffs and then that kind of stuff yeah well the problem is that america just like he says it has you know the deals it has in place with the rest of the world the trade deals are so bad for the american side and it serves the the interest of of the few mm-hmm. uh but it, it doesn't i don't think it serves the interest of um of you know most Amer- most americans mm-hmm. so you have to remember that when he's you know when he's uh saying these protectionists um this protectionism is just kind of like trying to level the playing field it doesn't mean necessarily um You know being really protections but kind of leveling the playing field since now the situation okay. is so in favor of the competition I see um, so I'm not a fan but I'm not a fan of that discourse I don't like that kind of you know nationalistic uh, discourse you're for free economy because global. I, yeah um, global but fair yeah um, I don't think the over manufacturing taking place in China uh-huh Uh, which is a product of you know their currency manipulation and lack of regulation over the government and over working conditions and over quality of products and materials I don't think that that's doing the world any good not environmentally not economically not good for the Chinese people not good for anyone uh, so I think that it's good to have a more level playing field between all the players in the world but of course they support free trade and um, Um, before we go, I want to go back to Israel for one minute sure. uh, because in the end of the day, I look at it from the perspective that says uh, the right wing is in power here mm-hmm. uh, since 2009, almost a mm-hmm. decade now. And generally speaking, you support the right wing governments. I, may I say that or n- not so-so? Yeah. So? I don't support the government. Seeing the, the alternative, 
in your opinion, it's yeah, it's yeah, far better than the it's alternative. Far better um, on a personal level. Also, I think that uh, Netanyahu, who I, who whom I loathe, you loathe, uh, him. I loathe him. I think he's a horrible eel. Okay, but, um, <laughs> but still, he's you know he's ten times you know uh, more apt than you know bougie Herzog or yeah, yeah. Uh, Galon. I mean, she's you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, and yet you worked for him. I'll work for anyone. So you will work for anyone. For for the right amount of money, for sure. <laughs> Everybody's okay, got a price. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and okay, but what I'm, I'm trying an expensive to... prostitute, but I'm a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to to ask is where is the right wing, uh, which you represent here in, in on our uh, modest podcast? Where does it lead us? As you look at it. What's the future hold for us if we're it's very difficult to tell I think that um, all, all things econ- all the econ- the, econ- the economy side of it is I think it's going in the right direction as I've said um, security wise I think that uh, we're go- growing stronger uh, as well as a very good combination of um, Kind of like you know it's it's a very developed country, and yet we have kids, which is something I'm not sure you guys are are aware of what's happening in the world mm-hmm. with um the rate of reproduction in the west yeah mm-hmm. that's a big big story it's a big deal yeah 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 and so we countries are descending are towards completely yeah oblivion it's like yeah. idiocracy the movie have you ever seen that <laughs> yeah well. It's actually not far from the truth. Not far from the truth. Poor people reproduce. Rich people have one kid. Yeah, but one even... One spoiled child. Yeah, but even... Um, Or two dogs. But even that... Even poor people in the West are not reproducing anymore. Oh, uh, yeah? In Europe? You know. Why? Um, Loss of libido? No, it's uh, indiv- <laughs> individualism and uh, progressivism as a culture. Okay. Like just like the civil rights movement, it starts as something really, really good, mm-hmm. but it keeps going, mm. and eventually all things you know take a turn for the worse yeah and uh there's a there's a canadian philosopher his name is his name is uh, charles taylor and the, um he goes uh deep into that idea of how individual individualism and freedom and you know all that um kind of like affected made the human condition become very um um d- impotent d- impotent yeah and yeah. uh and barren yeah so uh that's what's happening basically so <laughs> what what is the future because you are uh, about forty your generation mm-hmm. is now taking the lead slowly but surely mm-hmm. over this country, and I'm wondering what it, your um perspective of right wing opinions what do they offer us? The young ones they're not very the the right wing the the right wing uh the intellectual baggage of of the right wing in Israel is basically non existent <laughs> it's well okay. the, the left wing isn't isn't much better much better okay, okay okay it's okay. very politics here are very very shallow very populist you don't support very, a Palestinian state for example yeah of course I do you do support I've it definitely don't want to rule over those guys for 
much longer. So you want to give them a state and barricade yeah, I think, it? I think the idea, I think the, the, the principle that um, any sort of solution, if there even is one, uh, is um, uh, a separation of the two peoples in a way that it, that that is, you know, they're best separated from one another. Like to have one state with as many Jews as possible in it and as few Arabs, and then another state with as, as many Arabs in it and as few Jews as possible. Probably, of course, uh, we probably no of, Jews. Of course, we don't want to uh, force anybody out of his home or anything. So, uh, I support uh, you know, a, you know, switching. You know, I don't know how to exchange. say it in English. Exchange of, of land and and populations. Uh-huh. Uh On uh, because I think that's the only way for like for for like a hundred years, and then maybe if we manage to kind of like grow out of our adolescence uh, yeah. we'll be able to uh, maybe the grudges we need to put them aside yeah I just point. don't think I don't think the Arabs want to live with us really I don't think we like to we want to live with the Arabs I wouldn't uh, want to live with me as well yeah <laughs> um, all men all men are islands yeah but as I they mean, say there's no sure w- I feel like it's a I feel like it's problematic I just don't think I, j- I just don't think of a Palestinian state is viable right now in any way uh-huh. yeah um, so how would you separate If they're if it's not you know right I mean? now you can't separate so yeah so you have to maintain the occupation I just, man. I well, just <laughs> which is uh, Israel's bleak. legal obligation yeah according to uh, international law what the occupation isn't illegal it's in fact a legal obligation of Israel how because uh, when you uh, belligerent belligerently occupy a territory in a war uh-huh You are uh, thereby um, required to maintain uh, military rule over that place. Not to s- annex it. Not to annex it. Until? To, until uh, such a time as there is an agreement which uh, uh, either gives that territory back to the other belligerent, to the other side of the conflict, or... Um, and the problem is that Israel occupied... Um, or conquered uh, the West Bank from the Jordan from Jordanians. Jordan which which was there illegally mm-hmm. and there's no entity to give that territory back to until we establish some sort of peace deal yeah and that's the so, so it's internationally like a, it's kind of more of a legal gray area than it is uh, it's yeah and it's it's the whole thing is a gray area that's why the settlements are illegal I don't know you don't see anybody going to the Hague and suing the settlements because they're it's very easy to to um, legally it's a no man's land yeah occupied yeah. by us it's a it's a the territory is occupied I'm sorry the, the territory isn't occupied mm-hmm. the people are Uh-huh. I think that's the okay okay that's the, the the Palestinians the the Arabs are occupied uh-huh the territory isn't necessarily occupied right that's, I think the interesting yeah. you left us with uh thoughts and homework to do I think yeah. um I hope it wasn't too boring uh, no no Not at all. you guys you guys for like two minutes did southern meat eaters We took and... you to Savannah Georgia yeah, for a how, little trip like... dry rub wet rub <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't get much better than that i think on our podcast so <laughs> unless he literally did a dry rub wet rub 
and then it would have been maybe better yeah but uh thank you so much for coming Roy. it was fascinating to me and uh Eitan yeah thank you very much thank and you. uh see you guys next ah, week yeah before we go mm-hmm. uh we are cooperating with the jewish journal of greater los angeles which is a newspaper in los angeles with jewish news and it's a great one and we are cooperating with a facebook group which is called secret tel aviv and it is a community of 150,000 people most of them are olim uh, english speakers who discuss and converse about uh, life in tel aviv and it has all s- sorts of cool tips and information uh, about mostly funny ridiculous posts with like <laughs> thousands of comments really that yeah you can waste I your should day check it out. it yeah. is cool it is a cool uh, facebook group so Rui, thank you so much and good luck with everything thank you thanks guys bye